Recording no, in I've, progress. I've accepted them. All right, thank you. You can proceed. Okay. Then uh, mm, further consultation must ensure that to intro uh, to introduction of the bill, uh, South African Afri South African Veterinary Association versus the Speaker of the National Assembly and others. Number eleven: Whether Parliament has acted reasonable in discharging its duty to facilitate public part involvement will depend on the number of factors, including. Uh, 11.1, nature and importance of the legislation. 11.2, the intensity of the impact on the public. 11.3, time and expense. Saving money and time does not qualify inadequate opportunities for public involvement. 11.4, the content of the legislation and the agents of the legislation. They are referring there to Doctors for Life versus the Speaker of the National Assembly. Given the above, if any, when the committee has been granted approval by the National Assembly to extend the scope of the bill, of the revised bill, the bill will be re-advertised for further two weeks, bearing in mind the Constitutional Court ex extended deadline and any submission received will be considered prior to the bill being sent to the National, uh, National Council of Provinces report to be considered. That's all, Chairperson. Uh, I'll also request chairs to note those where we have made some changes from the report that we have uh, uh, sent yesterday to members. Thanks, Chairperson. Thank you, Mr. Matonzi, um, and thank uh, Parliamentary Legal Service and the State Law Advisor and uh, our Content Advisor. Members, this is a report which is presented before us for adoption to allow us to proceed uh, for the request permission, the National Assembly, and for written submission to for members as indicated on their last uh, statement. Can I get indication for consideration to adopt the, the report? I'll start with Honorable Pillay, and I'll come with Honorable Lohwase. Honorable Tito, Honorable uh, Ruos, Honorable Mulekwa, Honorable uh, Kanyile, Honorable uh, Mohale, and Honorable Modise. I'm just working on the basis of uh, members who are members of the committee. I'm not sure who's not in the committee because apologies were not. Uh, carry it. In that order? Second. Honorable, yes, it was co-chair after Honorable, uh, Honorable uh, Lizelle. Thank yes. you. Yeah, thank you, co-chair. In that order, Honorable Pile. Thank you very much, uh, Chairperson, and good morning to all colleagues. Uh, Chair, let me first um, appreciate and thank the uh, Secretary of Committee and uh, Content Advisor and all who was party to um, finalizing this report. Chairperson, without any uh, delays, I wish to move for the adoption of the report as the ANC were in full support um, of this report. Thank you very much. Thank you. Honorable um, Khwase. Thank you very much, Chair, and good morning to all the colleagues on the platform. Without any waste of time, I would like to agree with Honorable Pillay and I second the adoption of this report. Thank you, Chair. Uh, thank you, Honorable Tito. 
Thanks, Chair. Uh, good morning to my colleagues and, and everyone uh, who is present. Uh, Chair, uh, us as the EFF, we are not in, in agreement. We are not supporting. Thanks, Chair. Thank you, Anabros. Uh, thank you, Chairperson. Um, yeah, just to point out um, in section 12 there, uh, where it says Council of Provinces, just to correct that, it's it's count. It's C-O-U-N-C-I-L. Oh, yes, 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 yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Honorable Ross. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I thought maybe I was cut off again. No, no, you're fine. Yeah. Honorable Ross, are you? It was just correcting. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yes. So, Chairperson, yeah, with that change, I mean, we, we need to go back to Parliament. So, we agree we need to go back to Parliament and ask for the two weeks. And this is a fair reflection of what was agreed by the committee, even though the DA doesn't agree with all of it. Okay. Noted. Thank you, Honorable Ross. Thank you very much, uh, Chairperson. I uh, want to agree with uh, Honorable Pili and Honorable Lohasa. Thank you. Thank you, Honorable Kanyele. What's it been, Honorable Kanyele? Okay. I'll come back to you, Honorable Jose. I see you raise your hand. I'll come back to you. <laughs> Honorable Kanyele? Okay. Honorable Mohale? Chair, Honorable Mohale is not present. He's currently uh, traveling. Thanks, Chair. Okay. Thank you, Honorable Tito, for that. Uh, Assistance, Honorable Lizeth. Thank you, Chair. I will um, support the adoption of the report. Thank you. Okay, thank you, Honorable Okay, Honorable Mudise. Thank you very much, Chair. It is very important that we take the report to Parliament so that we can get a a permission to go and to the public and, and advertise the the report for written comments. Therefore, I I support the adoption of the report as it is. Thank you, Chair. Thank you. Honorable Fasi, you have raised your hand earlier. Yes, Chair. Thank you very much. Chair, it's just my personal view or opinion that we had a responsibility or a collective responsibility as to implement the decision of the court. It is of one's interest maybe to get to understand. For me, when members say like member Tito, she has just said they are not agreeing. Maybe for myself, it's very important for a member to tell us exactly what is it that they do not agree upon. Maybe it might be something that we might all consider and maybe it 
will also be a process of correcting things that we were not aware of. So in my view, it is very important for us to be told what exactly is the disagreement for, which clause, which points are the members not agreeing on. Maybe we should consider that and rectify if the need arises for us to rectify. Thank you, Chair. Okay. Um, noted. Uh, I'm trying to think how we need to process, but let me lay principles so that at least members will guide. And I, I think in the course of our any deliberations, there are different views expressed by members. Um, and those views are carried, and I, I'm working on an assumption on this one, are carried by what perhaps the party or yourself, Honorable Lohwase, you agree on the point, on the basis on how your party think your contribution to the committee has to uh, 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 interacted with. So, and any member who disagrees is only that basis. Uh, the only area is that perhaps members could not qualify the differences on the on the meeting. But I'm sure all members you will you will all agree in, uh, that. Once we have, we're at this stage, if we were to, because an opportunity for members was presented to deliberate, to disagree, have consensus and so forth and so on. And all of you, you fully participated and I must appreciate that to this uh, uh, meeting. Let me give you an example. If, you look on the deliberations uh, that have been ensued, there are a few areas where members have disagreed on. And to open up to members to give reasons and you must start again the process where there are differences, it may be unfair to the process itself. Um, um, and I'm sure you know that some of our members were not attending the deliberation uh, during recess. Uh, and we can't account to the absence when we're deliberating and decision have been carried. I'm trying to assist members so that we don't put each other on the spot um, uh, to explain whether how, why do you agree on this process and why do you disagree. If members have disagreed, they don't adopt it's a process that parliament has uh, established. We're free, members don't agree, they agree, they abstain. And I think we may need to appreciate it on that, on, on that matter. I'm sure that when we're going to debate in, in the house, when we present this report, all of us will be able to have an opportunity to express areas where we're differing, and so, forth and so on. But what is central is that we don't differ with the, uh, uh, the constitutional court um, ruling, all of us. Uh, there's no one who 
was different with the, that concern called ruling. It may be the issues that underpins our discussions in that matter. My understanding is that uh, all of us were adopting the, uh, the proceeding for extension. And I think there was a, 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 a objection from a, a honorable, uh, honorable people. Is there any other member who think my assistant is uh, uh, not the reflection of the contributions we've made in during the recess? I'm Chair. not sure if I can. I'm not sure yes, if I can. Chair. Yes, Honorable Tito. Yes, Chair. I, I think that you 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 have put it very very clear. Yes, it's it, it, it's like that. The bill can can go to Parliament, but now there are certain things, certain clause inside the bills where we are not agreeing on. But but I think that you you, you were on point. Thanks, Chair. Okay. Thank you, Honorable Tito. Honorable Khwase. Are you comfortable that chair, you proceed? I, I think your submission is proper, Chair. Okay. okay. Thank you, members. Uh, Mr. Matonsi, the committee adopts this report and the interim report for permission for National Assembly to allow us to uh, request uh, for written, written submissions. And that is the decision of the committee. Mr. Matonsi? Yes, thanks, Chairperson. Uh, I'll be sending it out so that it will be published by tomorrow. Uh, yeah, thanks, Chairperson. Then the other, the other issue, Chairperson, I don't think we need to adopt. You know, we, we also developed uh, a, 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 an advert for, 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 ad, for advertisement, uh, which after the NA has granted permission and then we'll be able to advertise. The, the bill without coming back to the committee. I, I'm not sure if you will want me to go through the, the advert, but uh, it, it captures, it's supposed to capture the, the amendments that are there in the report, uh, including the, the issue of, the issue that were identified late by the legal service that were inserted, Chairperson. So we don't have to adopt it because we don't know which data we're going to be advertising. I'm just saying that, Chairperson. Okay, noted, Mr. Matunz. I think adopting this report give effect that, to that process of uh, advert and once the National Assembly has uh, uh, accepted uh, for granted the permission, will proceed. Can I get State Law Advisor and Parliamentary Legal Service? So I will pass this uh, point. Committee has adopted the report. State Law Advisor? Uh, thank you, Chair. Um, okay. Chairperson, I think that the parliamentary law advisor would be best placed to advise on the processes with regard to um, parliament and the rules. Thanks, Chair. Thank you. Um, Daksha? Um, good morning, Chair. Um, as, as you have stated, uh, the report has now been adopted. Um, as Mr. Matonsi has also stated, it will now surface uh, in the House. And once the permission is granted, all the necessary processes for the re-advertisement will be followed. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Mr. Uh, and the team. Thank you very much, members. We're now going to item number two. I will invite IC and immediately invite the uh, uh, Commission of Gender Equality, and then members will then interact 
on the tour on the tour on the two reports. Um, I think that will be sufficient. If there's no objection on the process, uh, we can proceed. Mr. Matonzi, give it to Commissioner Love. Uh, thank you very much, Chairperson, and um, thanks again to the members of the committee for um, this opportunity. I think that um, what we had wanted to do was to um, engage with the committee around 10 um, areas of um, the international framework that assesses the um, ability and integrity of both the electoral management bodies and the electoral process. I'm going to ask that the um, CEO uh, would take us then through the presentation and we can then engage thereafter with um, any issues that arise. And maybe before the CEO starts, I'm sure that um, the committee will join me in um, appreciating the fact that it's his birthday. Um, Chairperson, through you. <laughs> Yeah, happy birthday, uh, uh, CEO. Um, you can proceed, CEO. I think you you will also assist us to wish you more when members close when we close towards closing. I think we'll invite members to uh, take a bite. Thank you, CEO. You're on mute, CEO. Yeah, I think Deputy Commissioner Love, can you assist now that it's his birthday? So maybe the day is too busy. No, no, I'm here. <laughs> I'm, I'm here, uh, Chairperson. My, my apologies. Um, I, I was saying, Chair, that um, I've been looking for the contact details for the Director General of the Department of Social Services because an application for a social grant is getting closer. <laughs> so, uh, so she, I really need uh, her contact number. Be that as it may, Chair, thank you very much. Greetings to you, Chairperson, members of the Commission, uh, the Deputy Minister, uh, DG, and the colleagues, um, um, as well as uh, members of the Portfolio Committee. So today we're presenting the Electoral Integrity Project. This is essentially an independent study which was founded by Professor Pippa Norris in, in 2012. Um, Professor Pippa Norris is one of the foremost scholars in electoral democracy. Uh, she's written quite substantively. She's an authority, as it were, um, on the subject of electoral democracy. The study itself was based at Harvard and the University of Sydney in, um, in Australia. But uh, I recently learned that uh, Professor Pippa Norris has uh, retired. Um, the commission had wanted to, to have him in South Africa 
to have her, sorry, in South Africa, uh, but it's not possible due to, to her retirement. So the project is therefore currently directed by Dr. Holy Ann Garnett, and it's housed at the Royal Military College of Canada, um, uh, which is at Queen's, uh, Queen's University, uh, co-housed at the Queen's University and the Univers University of East Anglia. Um, and what this electoral integrity project has done is to assess the, uh, the quality of elections since the year 2012. But the report that we are presenting before the portfolio committee today relates to the period 2019 to 2021. Now some few remarks relative to context and methodology. Um, this study exclusively focuses on national and not subnational elections. In other words, it does not look at, um, for instance, municipal or local government elections. Um, and since 2012, 418 national elections have been assessed, and that implicates 169 uh, countries. This assessment is conducted by independent um, account, uh, country experts um, drawn from uh, social and political science and it's, uh, it's supported by mass surveys, case studies, um, research opinion, um, and so on. So it does involve people who are well-versed in the subject um, in the various, uh, various country, countries. The project is acutely aware of possible expect bias, you know, so it does not claim total um, neutrality. It's, you know, uh, in social science, as we, we all know, um, such bias is inevitable. So it does um, accept, or rather it is aware of possible expect uh, bias. So um, at the outset, I think um, uh, that is put on the table. But to ameliorate that, um, it uses um, a unique data set on electoral uh, integrity to evaluate, um, um, to evaluate uh, and assess uh, these elections. So perhaps I'll, I'll, I'll get to this in a minute. So it, um, the project, this electoral integrity project collects data on 49 indicators to compare one election from the other. They try to use um, um, the indicators so that you don't assess on one element in one country and a different element in another country. So the 49 indicators ensure that um, um, elections are compared on the same basis. But these 49 indicators are clustered um, in um, 11 um, stages of the electoral 
cycle. Um, these indicators relate to electoral laws, a role in which this House and uh, this portfolio committee play a very important role. Electoral procedures which are established in our law, again, a matter on which uh, Parliament as a whole and this portfolio committee play a significant role. Voting district boundaries, does a matter exclusively within the domain of the commission, as is voter registration, party and candidate registration, and then media coverage. You know, the commission is at the heart of it. But, um, it's a matter uh, um, that has a preponderance of influence from many other uh, actors in society, including the media houses themselves, political commentators, and so on and so on. Then campaign finance, uh, and this is in our language, uh, party funding issues. And then the voting process, the results index, and electoral authorities. By electoral authorities is meant the uh, institutional mechanism put in, in place for the management of the election. So in respect of our case, two South African elections are covered in the, in, in, in the recent um, electoral integrity report. It is the uh, national provincial elections 2014 and national and provincial elections 2019. As we indicated, this does not um, cover um, municipal elections. The, the data set is drawn from a rolling survey of, of 4,591 expert assessments of electoral integrity uh, across 400, uh, 480 elections in 169 countries. The cumulative study covers national, presidential, and parliamentary election. And as we say, the study was inaugurated in July um, of uh, 2012 and covers a period uh, to the end of last year. It also covers three additional years of election from the previous report, um, adding uh, 143 elections in 115 countries. That is 3 uh, February 2019 to 31 December 2021. In other words, the um, from the previous study, um, the, the recent one integrates 143 elections in 115 countries. And this perceptions of integrity are measured by these experts that uh, the 495, uh, severally, not, not as a cumulative study, severally, um, uh, one month after the poll close. So the study will be done a month after the election um, had closed. And an overall perceptions of integrity index score is assigned between zero and, and 100. So that you can score anything between zero uh, and 100. So there is a 
perceptions of electoral, uh, electoral integrity index. So there's an index that um, aggregates um, the 40, uh, 49 um, indicators that I spoke about uh, a few moments ago. Uh, 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 Chair, can you still hear me? Yes, it's your day. Uh, okay, uh, no, thanks. Yeah. no, thanks very much. Yep. Now, on, 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 uh, um, on the screen, we have a, the different aspects uh, which are being assessed. Um, by this uh, electoral integrity project. As I indicated, it's electoral laws, electoral procedures, voter registration, party registration, media co uh, coverage, campaign finance, the voting process, voting counting, um, the results, and the election management body. So, pictorially, uh, those are the uh, 11 areas which are assessed. Now, what is the uh, global findings of the study? The first is that electoral integ integrity remains the highest in Nordic countries. Finland, Sweden, and Denmark um, have the highest um, index score. Of course, there are raging regional disparities in electoral integrity, um, with the lowest scores found in some African and Asian uh, countries. Although electoral integrity continues to be generally higher um, with countries with le high levels of economic um, development. Quality elections were still delivered in lower income countries, such as Cape Verde, which had the highest ranking score on the African continent. So although uh, economic development does suggest that the, the country scores higher, it is not universally true uh, because as we see, um, lower income countries such as Cape Verde have really punched above their weight, so to speak. Electoral finance on a, on, on a, global, on a global level remains the weak area um, in the, in the electoral, electoral cycle. Of course, it's a new phenomenon in many jurisdictions. Um, and jurisdictions are grappling um, with the um, optimal uh, regulatory framework. The frameworks have been tested and adjusted and um, re revised and so on um, because it, electoral finance, it is not a, 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 a constant um, phenomenon. It's forever evolving uh, with new ways of funding coming across 
that escape existing uh, frameworks. So that area therefore remains the weakest of all the 11 aspects of the electoral cycle. The publishing of transparent financial accounts was the lowest uh, subcomponent. Uh, sub this demonstrates a need across the board for policymakers, candidates, electoral authorities to improve reporting mechanisms to allow for maximum transparency in the use of money in elections. The areas of electoral cycle that are the strongest are the vote counting and election procedures, which means many jurisdictions have put in significant effort in um, optimizing their voting procedures as well as the accounting procedures so that their results reflect, um, reflect the actual votes of people who took part in the election. Now, if we come to regional comparison, um, the regional comparisons of the electoral, of the perception of electoral integrity ratings show that South Africa is doing well in comparison with many countries from various continents, uh, with the exception uh, of Europe. In terms of the overall uh, um, perception of electoral integrity rating in the Af African continent, South Africa scores an average of 66. Remember, the, score, the average score is between zero and 100. So uh, South Africa scores an average of 66 on the 49 indicators. And it's ranked only second to Cape Verde uh, at uh, 73. The rest of the other 49 assessed countries rank below uh, South Africa. Of course, as a political system, as an electoral democracy, we don't take pride in coming second. We, 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 we welcome a very favorable rating, yet we, 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 we think um, as a political system, we ought to be ranked first. And I think, um, you know, uh, our cumulative efforts uh, must be brought to bear on an attempt to get us to that ideal of being uh, ranked one. So in other words, moving from the current score of 66 to above um, 73. And I think that is within our grasp if uh, we cooperate as we should uh, to strengthen our electoral democratic practices. Now, in comparison with the 30 assessed countries in the continent of America, 21, including the USA, score at 57, and those rank below South Africa. And one country, Barbados, scores 66, which it's a similar score to us. And only eight countries rank above us in the Americas. 
Now, in comparison with the 41 assessed countries uh, in the uh, in the continent of Asia, 34 are ranked. Uh, um, uh, 34 are ranked below South Africa, and only seven rank uh, rank above us. Now, when we do the comparison with Europe, the R41 assessed countries again in Europe, 15 rank below South Africa, and Poland uh, have a similar index score as us while the majority, 25, rank uh, much higher than us, um, the majority of them scoring above the 70 uh, uh, index score. Now, in terms of Oce Oceania, there are 10 countries that were rated, and only one, which is New Zealand, scores at 75 and ranks much higher than us, obviously. And we, are, we have a similar score as Australia at 66. The rest of the countries, eight countries uh, in total in the Oceanian uh, subcontinent rank lower than South Africa. Now, if we look at South Africa um, in more specific terms, um, South Africa scored relatively well in both the 2019, 2014 and 2019 elections uh, with scores above 60 in the majority of the um, indicators. Only in three areas did South Africa do relatively poor, and this relates to um, voter registration, media coverage, and campaign finance. Now, I did mention at the beginning that um, this is a perception um, study, uh, and there is obviously expect bias, um, you know, and we, we may hold different views um, about our, the efficacy of our voter registration processes. We may hold different views even about uh, media coverage in, uh, in South Africa's election, you know. But from where they sit, uh, the experts are rating us poorly um, on these three indicators, voter registration, media coverage, and uh, campaign finance. In all three of these indicators, South Africa scored below 60. But the campaign finance category was the worst performing area with uh, a score of 41 in 2014 and 35 uh, in 2019 elections. There are five areas of the 11 where South Africa performed well with scores above 70. And this is so in both the 2014 and 2019 elections. There is um, electoral laws, electoral procedures, vote counting processes, the results, um, uh, um, the results compilation procedures, and 
the commission uh, as an institution, uh, its functionality and its um, uh, efficacy. Uh, that's the uh, summary of the uh, of the report, and I thank you for uh, granting us the, the opportunity to present um, the summation of the uh, of the electoral integrity global report. Thank you. No thanks, um, uh, uh, CEO, for that uh, brief uh, summary. Mr. Matonsi, can I establish if the team, the, the other institution, are they now in the meeting? Uh, Chairperson, uh, I was just speaking to them now. Um, it seems as if the chairperson the, of the commission, the CGE, is out of the country, just left today. But I spoke to the colleagues there, they're saying they're waiting for the link. I just received the, the link, but they, are not, they have not yet received it yet. If maybe we can engage with the IEC and then while I'm waiting for them to connect. I'm not understanding. No, I'm, I'm saying they are not in the meeting. I was, okay. I, I was talking to, to them now. The chairperson of the commission who was supposed to be in the meeting, and I said she went, she's outside of the country. So they did not, the colleagues that are in the office there, they didn't have the link. They were not given the link. So I have resent it to them. So I was requesting if members can engage with the IEC presentation in the meantime while I'm coordinating with them whether they have received the link or not. Okay, and I want to understand when they receive the link, they will be able to stand on behalf of the chairperson of the. I, I think so. They, they will. I think so. Okay. okay. Thank you. Okay. I'm sorry to interrupt. I want to know when did we invite the CGE to make a presentation to us? Because I feel that if they didn't honor our invitation, I'm not quite sure about the process that we are following now, where people will present to us, but they weren't really briefed about presenting to us. So I just want to make sure that we invited the CGE some time back. Just wanted to get clarity on, on this, if you don't Mr. mind. Mr. Matonzi? I, I did. Uh, firstly, I did send them the, the, the approved uh, committee program, and then later I sent them a letter to say we are going to have this meeting today. I I spoke to the chairperson of the commission, and then she confirmed that they will be in the meeting today. And then uh, yesterday I spoke to another person from the CGE to say. The commission, the chairperson will be traveling outside of the country after she has confirmed that they will be here. And then, um, but they were not given the link that side, the email that I sent to the, uh, to the chairperson and other commissioners, they were not given a link. That's what they were telling me this morning. So I've okay. emailed them the link again. Sorry. Let's stand down off this item. The meeting started at nine o'clock. If there was any other issue, could have been registered in the apologies. Now we can't get this confusion at this time at eight past 10. Um, I think all of us will appreciate that this is not um, a professional way to work with a, 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 a each other. If the chair was outside the country, he could not attend the meeting to present, we could have been received an apology at that time. And secondly, 
if this other team were not briefed, which were not even aware, we could not. I mean, it's a ten o'clock now. Uh, it's we short gazing, and I don't think that is how we must work with the with the with the with the institution. Let's get into the IEC comments. We'll deal with that matter when they're finishing with the with the with the responses. Uh, I'm going to now invite the uh, uh, members. Uh, I see your hand. I'm trying to. Yes, yeah, yes, yes, Chairperson. No, no, I want to support fully your, your submission, Chair. That's, that's what I wanted to raise. I think it's important that we respect this committee. And in light of that, that matter should be, be stood down. Thank you. Okay, let me invite uh, members to comments on the um, questions on the IEC. Um, we'll start with Honorable Rose, um, Honorable Lokwase, Honorable Tito, Honorable Molekwa, Honorable. Uh, the, the funding of the IEC itself, and then related to that, then what are the IEC, what are their proposals and recommendations or thoughts in terms of how to address those gaps? And then in terms of voter registration, I think if we look at 2019, if that was low, um, then what's happened since then has probably made it even lower. Um, and so again, the question is, what, what steps are being taken? Um, on the voter registration site to ensure that the, the mishaps of the last few years are, are not repeated. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Honorable Ross. Honorable Hwasa. Thank you very much, Chair. Chair, I have one question similar to Honorable Ross, but would want to know whether the IEC has considered the previous mistakes they, 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 they had for me, I can say it's a mistake because when people got to the voter, to the to the to to the rolls, they were not registered. The people became aware of where they are registered to vote by the time they had to vote. So I want to know what it is that the IEC will be doing, maybe as part of their voter education, to make sure that people becomes aware of where they need to go and vote before the actual date of voting. And Chair, I want to check with the IEC or maybe to caution them or maybe remind them to deal with the problems that we encountered in the previous elections where the material did not arrive at stations on time, where the IEC did not come and open the stations on time, 
and where voters decided to go back home and not come and vote again. I think that's also part of the things they need to improve on when going to elections, because there was a lot of confusion which also made voters, in my view, they denied voters their rights to go and vote because voters made it on time and it was the IEC that arrived late. So I think that's a comment and a point that I think the IEC should look into as preparations to the next coming elections. Thank you very much, Chair. Thank you, Honorable Hwase, for your contributions. Honorable Tito. Honorable Malekwa. Thank you very much, uh, Chairperson. Let me also uh, start by appreciating the report presented by the IEC. And also appreciate the fact that at least South Africa has performed well against other countries. Though there are other countries that have performed well against uh, the SA. I just want to emphasize on the question raised by Honorable Lachas, uh, Chairperson, that uh, on the poorly performed areas, that was alluded in the, in the report on the issue of voter registration, media coverage, and campaign finance. Uh, was the fact that the IEC under budgeted on these areas, or are there any factors that contributed negatively to these three areas to, uh, for the uh, election to be performed poorly? But otherwise, the person also appreciate the good work done by the IEC uh, in the election work. Uh, we hope that the IEC can also make sure that they improve on these areas that are underperformed, Chairperson. Uh, Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Kanile. Thank you, Chairperson. Um, and greetings to you and the colleagues and everyone in this meeting. Chairperson, I wish to reiterate on the question that was raised by one of my colleagues. We would like to know what will be done to prevent the increase in confusion about which voting station voters are registered at. And secondly, Chairperson, we would like to know what will be done to improve the findings on voter registration as well as media coverage. Thank you very much. Thank you, Honorable Kanile. Honorable Zen. Yeah, thank you very much, uh, Chairperson. And let me also just start off by um, saying thank you very much for the report. And I think really we need to congratulate the IEC in terms of its credibility score. I think it underscores again the, the good work that this institution uh, continues to do. Um, my, my previous colleagues have touched on all the issues, but I think... Um, of course, one of the issues that we need to interrogate at a later stage is maybe to ask the IEC to come back um, and deal with some of the challenges that we experienced in the last election and maybe give us an update in terms of how they um, intend addressing it uh, for the next elections. But also I had similar questions as to what uh, Honorable Ruiz had asked. I wondered about the campaign finance uh, in particular, does it 
refer to the finances of the commission or does it refer to the finances available to uh, people contesting the elections? I'm, I'm not quite clear in terms of how that is measured. Um, also, I wanted to ask in terms of media coverage, how, how was that measured and how does the IEC plan to uh, increase its media coverage? And I'm asking that uh, mindful of the fact that you know, the IEC has got limited finances and budget available. And therefore, I, I assume in the next election, there will be less money for uh, media advertising, etc. And then with regards to voter registration, um, you know, one of the great concerns for me remains the low participation of young people in elections. And it's something that we often speak about. But I wonder in terms of uh, best practice and looking at all these other countries that we were measured against, whether there are any examples or lessons that we can learn in terms of increasing youth participation in elections. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, uh, Honorable Lizelle. Honorable Pile. Thank you very much, uh, Chairperson. Chair, I want to start off by um, saying that the underpinning mandate for IEC is to hold free and fair elections. And I think we must commend them on doing that. However, there are two points that I think, um, you know, is a fine line in terms of ensuring that an election is free and fair. Uh, and the one is about uh, special votes, where those who are registered for special votes, but unfortunately do not get to cast their special vote uh, for many reasons. And one is... Uh, that they don't get visited um, and, and perhaps that is a concern because you find a number of people have been registered for special votes but uh, when the election results are announced you find that not all of them have been able to participate. The second one is in respect of the uh, registered voters who were turned, uh, turned away. I think we raised this concern just after the last uh, local government elections where there were serious challenges of registered voters who are actually turned away and not allowed to vote. And that then becomes uh, a serious challenge in ensuring that every, everyone has an equal opportunity to participate um, in an election. I then want to also cover on the um, incorrect voting districts. I think some of the members and colleagues have raised it, but again, I think we need to have a clear plan with timeframes, Chairperson, on how this is going to be corrected because you can't have in the same household um, four registered voters and two are in one voting district and the other in another voting district. I think this has to be, has to be corrected and there must be clear timelines in terms of how um, that is going to be addressed. In terms of the ward boundaries that sometimes change, uh, demarcations as well. Um, and I don't think that enough is being done uh, to advise voters of, of where they now um, they now need uh, to vote uh, chairperson. So I think it's important that we are able to, um, to address that and have clear timelines. And the last one is just to get uh, an update um, in terms of the um, electoral voting system, uh, electronic, sorry, voting system that was once uh, spoken about. And I think there was some, some um, uh, research being done, but also we were going to do some kind of feasibility study uh, or, or best practices. And I think it's important for us to raise that, um, that item again so that we, we know going forward uh, where we are placed, is especially in, in light of uh, 4IR. Thank you very much. Thank you, Honorable Pile, for your contributions. Honorable Modise,
Thank you very much, Chair. Let me also appreciate the uh, report from the IEC and also commend them on the work that they've been doing um, throughout the years. Uh, taking note of the weaknesses that may still be there and there's a room for improvement, but one is encouraged uh, uh, with the integrity that the, the IEC has, has, has held uh, throughout the, the, the elections. I would also want to make an emphasis on the uh, 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 voter education. The, the, it is evident that there's lack of interest from electorates or the citizens to participate in elections. Uh, one would encourage IEC to intensify their voter uh, education to, to get interest, particularly around uh, the youth of our country so that uh, the citizens are encouraged to take part and participate in, in the elections. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Honorable Mudisem. Can I check if Honorable Tito, she's back online? Okay, thank you very much, uh, Deputy Commissioner Love, and you'll delegate on the responses from members. Thank you. Uh, thanks very much, Chairperson, and thanks again to honourable members. Um, there are a couple of things that I'll just uh, start on, and then I'll hand over to Commissioner Moyepia, who will then um, hand on to others, including um, the CEO. But in relation to the issue of um, the party finance, it, um, or the campaign finance, it does really reference the issue of our own governance as a country, as to how political parties are funded in a manner that is transparent and well understood by um, the electorate. So I think that it relates to all of the issues to do with um, the Political Party uh, Funding Act rather than financing um, uh, uh, that is associated with the work of the Electoral Commission. I think the second thing is that in terms of media coverage, um, one of the concerns, uh, a major concern in relation to the media coverage that is referenced in the report, really talk is, is um, uh, in terms of how uh, issues such as social media and the disinformation are able to be effectively managed in a timely fashion. And I think that although the um, Commission has done some work in that regard and really um, been a leader in, in many respects. The reality is that the follow-up and the ability to, um, at times, enforce in a timely manner is not something that necessarily also resides with the Commission, but is also something that uh, these evaluation reports look at. And it does um, reference as well issues to do with way in which social media can sometimes be used in order to uh, intimidate and belittle and um, uh, campaign in a fairly malicious way, in a very malicious way, um, not just around candidates and not just in particular targeting women, but also around uh, journalists. So I just wanted to say that I think that the report in looking at some of those things looks at some of these issues as well. I thought it would be um, uh, an important um, area of, 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 of issues, and I'm sure that Commissioner Muyepi will touch on that. 
um, and then, uh, as I say, hand over to other colleagues. Um, in relation to the work that is being done around the um, question of registration and certainty that people have in terms of where they will vote for, as well as electronic voting. I think in terms of um, our work uh, to promote uh, an awareness of um, elections and also participation, I'm sure that um, he and members of the administration will pick up on those questions. So through you, Chair, if I could hand over to Commissioner Moyepia. Thank you, Commissioner Moyepia. Um, thank you, Chairperson. Good morning to you. Good morning to the Deputy Minister. And good morning to the honorable members and everyone on the platform. <clears throat> I am going to just deal with three matters. Um, I must admit, um, for us as practitioners, this report is fairly critical and important. Um, it speaks a language we understand, a language we relate to, and in a way that we can see the difference between our institution and others. In respect of political of campaign finance. I think it is very crucial to note that at the time that we were, we were measured, we didn't have campaign financing uh, legislation. That was the, the, the biggest uh, criticism we had in the survey. We have now run a year of campaign financing and we have only 2024 that will come with us running that. I expect or we expect that this situation will improve significantly. We had previously in 2014 ranked 35 for the same reasons. And at the time when discussions began in earnest and uh, le legislation was being debated uh, in respect of party financing, we saw that score increase to 41, from 35 to 41. Now that we have implemented, we do expect that score to increase significantly. The second issue was um, in relation to voter registration. Members have raised um, the, the concerns relating to uh, voter registration last year, which we, 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 we are addressing and we have dealt with. But in the time that this survey was undertaken, our score was in fact impacted by the Drogwe Constitutional Court matter. Members would recall that in 20, um, I think it was in just ahead of 2016 elections, um, we, we were in the Constitutional Court and the court said that we need to have addresses for every single voter who is on the roll. At that point, a, a significant number of voters we did not have addresses for. And we were then given a supervisory um, order by that court. We have since done well. Over 95% of our voters have, in fact, um, an address at the moment on the voters' roll. And everyone that we are now registering going forward um, has an address. We expect that score to significantly increase just on that basis alone. Of course, there are other ways uh, we have gone to improve the process, um, um, allowing persons to register online um, and other means of, of, of registrations that we are, voter registration that we are looking at. The point I'm making is that 
Um, at the point that we had the um, elections of the National Assembly in 2019, the issue of addresses on, on our role was a big concern for even the people that were doing the surveys. And they scored us low. In fact, they reduced our score from 52 to 46. Um, and we just have to accept that. Uh, we have dealt with the issue and it'll be interesting to see um, where we go from there. The last point I, I want to raise um, is that if, if one looks carefully at what separates us in Africa from being number one, in truth, just the score on party financing alone was the score that, that removed that position one from us. Now, if we have improvements, and that's seven points, by the way, Cape Verde scored 70, 73, um, uh, we were at 66. Um, and our party financing uh, took from us almost seven, eight points. Um, and if we improve just in that area, we will do well. But that's not our target. We are looking at improving overall and, and we, we hope uh, even for better. Um, I, I, I think those are the issues that members were really raising concern and I, I'd like to limit my, my contribution to them alone. There are other issues where we do exceptionally well uh, compared to the best in the world, but that's not the issue today. The issue is where do we improve and, and what are the issues that underlie the improvements we need to make? Thank you. Thank you, Chairperson. Through you, if I may, just then um, hand to the CEO and the team just to deal with some of the specifics. They've been asked in terms of measures that we've been taking in relation to registration and also um, uh, enhancing voter participation and elect electronic voting. CEO? Thank, thank you. Thank you, uh, Chairperson and uh, members of uh, the Portfolio Committee and Deputy Minister. Um, in terms of uh, media, campaign media, there are five questions. Um, there are five questions, in fact, in each of the 11 uh, categories. And the questions that they patently considered are the following. Newspa did newspapers provide balanced election news did TV news favor the governing party? Are parties or candidates had a fair access to political broadcasts and advertising? Did journalists provide fair coverage of the elections? And did social media, uh, was social media used to expose electoral fraud? So those are the five questions that they looked at under um, campaign media. Uh, pertinently, um, on campaign finance, the questions that were considered are, did parties and candidates have a, a equitable access to public subsidies? Did parties and candidates have equitable access to po political donations? In other words, private donations. Did parties and candidates publish transparent financial accounts? Um, did rich people buy elections? In other words, um, rich people in society buy favor 
with political parties or candidates. Were some state resources improperly used for campaign purposes? So those are the, the, uh, the five sub-elements that the, um, the, the study um, looked at. Now, just as a general comment before I, I offer some, 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 some responses, I think what the Electoral Integrity Project does is to look at the election um, at the global scale. In other words, they are assessing it at the macro level. That is to say, cumulative performance of the 22,000 voting station on election day, as an example, rather than nitpicking aberrations that, are that may be found in one, two, or 10 stations. Whereas I think it is important that that point is understood that this is an assessment of the total performance of a system. Uh, so it's a systemic assessment rather than nitpicking of aberrations. Um, that said, The, here's an issue that I think we have or we all have to be alive to, and that is the constitutional injunction to place the addresses of voters on the voters' roll has a corresponding consequence, and that is once you have that address on the voters' roll, you have, you have to ensure that it, that address has a nexus with the political boundary being a word. Because in law, a person has to be registered in the voting district, sorry, in, the, in a voting district of a ward in which they are ordinarily resident. So it is crucially important that once we know the address of a voter, an assessment is made as to whether that address has a relationship with the ward in which it is situated. If, in fact, there's no such a relationship, the addresses centurion um but you are you are you are you are registered in Siabuswa. It is incumbent upon the chief electoral officer to engage with that voter in terms of section eleven and section twelve of the electoral act and bring to their attention the fact that um your registration is incorrect 
And if you don't make submissions, you're going to be placed in a different board. That's the, the logical consequence of placing an address on a voter's roll amongst others. It has to be done, however, as I say, with a conscious involvement of the subject matter of that registration being the vote. Now, how do, how do, we, how do people know where they're registered? What are the modalities that are available for any voter to check their registration status? There are several. One, during the registration weekend, you can visit the station and there's a voter's role there at the station which can be used for purposes of confirming your registration. There's a call center which operates at a heightened electoral period with the number 0811-8000. You can use that. Thirdly, you can use the website and make an inquiry by, by punching in your ID, where am I registered? It will give you um, details of your registration as well as the voting station. Firstly, there's an SMS line 32810 where you send your ID number and you get an almost instantaneous uh, response with the details of your registration and your your voting station. Fifthly, in law, contestants are provided a copy of the voters' roll uh, um, with addresses, of course, uh, with some details redacted as per the uh, section uh, 16, the new section 16.3 of the Electoral Act. Again, that is a mechanism that can be used for people to confirm um, their, their registration, registration status. So there are all those um, avenues which are availed to the citizenry uh, to check their registration status. A majority of them are active even as we speak. Now, the special vote. I think this is an issue that um, um, as a country, of course, we've got to talk about because as a general principle, you are correct in, in that if you've applied for a special vote, you have to have the confidence that the electoral commission officials will come and collect that special vote um, because that's um, what is lawful. You've made a lawful application. It was lawfully approved and it has, have, it has to be lawfully provided to you and eventually counted and taken into account in the collection of results. That's what ought to happen. But there is a phenomenon where 
That's what ought to be happening. You go but to there is a phenomenon where you arrive and that's what ought to be happening. You go the purported applicant is not aware that they have applied. So someone applied for them on their behalf without them knowing. Oh, but you get a to a house, the person has gone to, to do shopping. Um, she's gone um, uh, to shopping. And one of the problems we've had in 2021 was that the special votes were done on Saturday and Sunday. And those are um, um, worshipping days for certain religious communities. Um, for instance, there are examples of people who were visited by officials and they, they had gone to church. Now, it then begs the question, if, the pers- if, if, if a voter is so unfit uh, to apply for a special vote, but uh, they are fit to do other errands, um, you know. So those things um, have to be looked at uh, because I think there's an element of um, application abuse that we've got to um, to get rid of. Um, we we the last time we 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 spoke with the portfolio committee on the subject of electronic voting, we. We indicated that, um, or firstly, we had wanted to do a pilot and we had included an, an enabling provision for that purpose in, in, the, um, uh, in, in the previous bill, not, not the current one that you consider. And the uh, consensus in the portfolio committee was, no, we can't at this stage um, uh, um, look at the, uh, at, at the pilot. You should instead come and let's debate uh, that subject outside of a bill and, um, um, and, and take it from there. Of course, we're not sitting on our laurels. We've written to, uh, to the committee. We do want to have that session um, with the portfolio committee on that subject. Um, and it will form the basis of uh, subsequent actions that may be necessary um, from a budget perspective, from a policy perspective, as well as from a, a buy-in a perspective with society. So we are at the ready, really, uh, to have the discussion with yourselves um, if your program uh, allows. <clears throat> now, last issue, voter registration. Um, We have to ensure that the modalities of registration are easy for everybody across the different social milieu in the country. Um, I think it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a necessity. Um, given our uneven uneven economic development in various communities in the country. So the opening of a voting station 
in, in, in every community. It's almost an equalizer of opportunity for purposes of registration because no one is advantaged or disadvantaged by a station opening. Everybody must make an effort to get to a station within their uh, uh, community. So I think, therefore, the opening of a voting station should remain a, a mainstay mechanism for according citizens, qualifying citizens' opportunities uh, to register. That does not, however, detract from the need to provide other supplementary mechanisms, in particular mechanisms that target young people. And for that purpose, we introduced an online registration platform in July 2021. And that uh, supplementary mechanism of registration was used by over half a million people to register ahead of the election, a majority of whom were young persons precisely because we are alive to the fact that young persons use mobile mobile devices to engage the politics of the country, to engage electoral politics of the country and so on. So it is a, so um, mobile devices are instruments of political engagement by young persons. Therefore, you've got to provide opportunities for their registration on those devices. And I think the commission has met that need. What we need to do, however, is to popularize that platform even more. Take it to the far-flung sections of the country. Um, and so on. So that's one. Two, to engage with corporate South Africa, especially the telcos, uh, to get to a point where uh, the platform is zero rated um, so that they are, there's no burden at, uh, of uh, data costs and related amenities. So those are the things that um, um, we, are, uh, we, are, we are working on. And uh, Vice Chair, I, I would want to, to stop it at that. Thank you very much. Um, thank you. Thank you very much, uh, CEO. Um, Chairperson, uh, honorable members, I think that there are a number of um, more detailed conversations, particularly, for example, around the issue of technology and we really realize that you've had a very intense program around the electoral amendments but it would be very, I think very important for all of us to be able to have that time with you to go through some of these issues 
um, so that we we know that we were moving together to improve things. So I don't know if um, there are any other issues, Chair, but um, I'll hand back to you. Thank you very much for the opportunity. Thank you very much uh, for detailed responses and comments. Uh, and members raise the issues for your attention. Um, I'm going to invite, uh, or are members having other issues to raise before I invite the Deputy Minister? Okay. Let me invite the Deputy Minister also to make his uh, um, a remark on the report and also the contributions that uh, members have uh, made and perhaps this observation on the work that the IAC is engaged on. Deputy Minister Njabulo, Nzunza. No, thank you very much, uh, Chairperson. I think uh, we welcome the presentation uh, that has been done by the IEC. And uh, we also uh, accept and uh, greatly appreciate uh, our standings. Uh, what we, what, what the comments that I would like to make, the first one is that, yes, we, we understand that we are striving to be number one. And uh, indeed, we will be much happier when we get there. Uh, but we must appreciate where we are ranking right now, uh, which is amongst the best. It really does show that uh, IEC continues to do uh, great work and that our democracy is amongst the best uh, in the world. Uh, I do think that we must look closely, and I'm happy that uh, uh, Commissioner Love made that particular statement at the end, that we must look closely at the adverse drivers uh, that resulted to us not to sit on top, and then find a program and a way of dealing with those adverse drivers one by one. I understand the issue of uh, electoral financing has been dealt with with the, uh, with the Financing Act, but Political Party Funding Act. But we, 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 we must uh, accept that somewhere, somehow there might be gaps, but how do we fill up those gaps, particularly around issues that have resulted into negative uh, drivers for, for our ranking? I do think that we must then develop a list of those interventions. If we have identified all those negative adverse drivers, then list up the interventions that we need because it's not going to be an IEC issue alone. There's going to be some of the issues that we as a department might need to deal with in supporting the independent electoral commission to be able to do its job better and be able to, to, prom to, to sit better in terms of the ranking. Now, the last two issues is that the, the rankings themselves, we must not uh, look at them as just a mechanical issue. They must also uh, transflect or reflect the feeling of the voters of the ground. They must relate with the feelings, with the ratings. If we say we're at this level, they must also feel that, yes, indeed, we are at that particular level. So we must not just do it as a mechanical exercise, but as a way of improving voter confidence and the way of improving voter experience. Well, one lastly, as a department, will always be available to assist the IEC in making positive uh, contributions wherever that they are required. But we really do uh, you know, clap hands for the IEC for the good work that they have done. Indeed, our democracy is in safe hands. Thank you very much. Thank you, Deputy Minister, for those uh, remarks. Um, for the... Well, welcoming the report has been presented, and I think there's an appreciation on the work the IEC has been uh, doing. Members uh, and the DM 
And I think you have demonstrated in your presentation uh, the continuous good work of the of the IEC. I hope. I think uh, last year um, uh, or early this year there was an interview with one of the NGOs, um, and I think uh, uh, Minister uh, CEO Mama Bolo I did call him to um, uh, just to give him notes on the interview I have listened to. They, they were harsh at the IEC, testing your credibility on your work. Um, and I think there was a line of a, a corrupt IEC. And I think most of us were taken aback with shock in terms of the articulation of that NGO represented uh, at, that, uh, at that time. And this report uh, clearly uh, demonstrates contrary uh, to what was the narrative uh, that is being carried. And I think it was carried on the purpose of trying to disrupt the current discourse of the electoral uh, uh, amendment uh, uh, process. But I think we're taking uh, note of the good work uh, and improvements that the IEC continuously uh, demonstrate. Members of the committee, uh, Commissioner Love um, and Commissioner Miabza, uh, there's an area where we perhaps will need an update uh, on the identified areas uh, post local government elections uh, last year, which the committee has made an impression on the weaknesses that we may have need to, to improve on. And I think in that session, when we're going to interface on the uh, electoral uh, uh, voting, you will be able to uh, give uh, the update around that. And I think overall the issues that the DM has raised in terms of identifying some of the um, areas uh, which may not have uh, uh, gained you uh, uh, points, we may need to come back and I think highlight a, or possibly identify uh, your progress in terms of making sure that uh, we mitigate those, those areas. Centrally is that society must able to own up to the work of the, of the IEC, the voters, must all able to own up to the work of the of, of the IC. And I think is the path in which we are directed to. And I want to take this opportunity to thank you and the IC and the team uh, for the report uh, and members for your contributions. We'll in the next session with the IEC have able to deal with those issues that have been recommended by the committee uh, on the electoral, uh, sorry, on the local government elections uh, last year and the presentation that they've made and the issues that you have identified that the IEC may pay attention for improvement. And I think that also this report identifies some of the issues uh, that I think the IEC Commissioner Mirza correctly asserted in terms of the work that must uh, go into for improvement. Thanks very much. We're going to stand off this item of the, of the IEC. Um, earlier on, we didn't... Uh, raise the issue of the Commission of Gender Equality. Uh, there's some issues we raise. I'm advised that they are now have, that they have joined in the meeting um, to, um, with the issues that we raised earlier on. Okay, Mr. Matunzi, who is in the meeting before we start with our remarks so that we get a sense as to what are the issues. Uh, Chairperson, uh, the people that are in the meeting is uh, uh, Belanco, Sini, 
tubelise en Mona Lisa Jankis. Okay. Uh, uh, morning, uh, colleagues from the Commission on Gender Equality. What the committee uh, earlier interacted in your absence is that one, a letter or a communique was sent for attention to attend the portfolio committee. And I'm sure earlier in the year, because of the item on the electoral amendment, we could not schedule you for the time you were supposed to be. And we have slotted this item uh, to this date. And the invite was circulated for attention for some time. Secondly, is that this meeting started at nine o'clock and um, we ran apologies and there was no indication on your attendance. Um, as we ran on the program, it appears that we got an indication that the chair of the commission um, uh, is not uh, in the, or is out of the country and it indicated that you do not get the link to the meeting. As I was, the IC was presenting, I got an indication that you are not using Zoom, you're using uh, Teams, so you can attend the meeting. Now I'm giving you this background to appreciate the concerns of the committee members. That if we stand out on the consistent or respect to each other as stakeholders or professional work. I'm sure if it was the committee you are inviting them to a meeting, they behave like this. I'm sure you're not going to appreciate our conduct as members of the committee. So this is a view which we've made observation on. We are not sure whether you are able to come and present. Initially, we have turned off the item so that we reschedule it for another day. On the concerns that you raise, we're not sure whether you are going to attend or not. But I think is a concern that I think we must put on record so that we're able to interact with each other with the utmost professional respect. Can I get an indication from the commissioner on gender equality, on the issues that you raised and what is their intention from now? Thank you. I'm not sure who's leading the commission, Mr. Matonsi, if you can assist us. Chairperson, uh, I've been speaking to uh, Mr. Velenkosini Tubelise. I'm assuming is the one who's leading this delegation to the meeting. Uh, Mr. Velenkosi, if, if you can please respond to the chairperson. Uh, thank you, uh, Mr. Matonsi, and thank you. And good morning to you all colleagues. Uh, good morning and uh, to the chairperson. Um, let me start by acknowledging the concerns that uh, arise from the floor, from the committee itself, regarding uh, the back and forth that was happening with us this morning. And uh, I would like to apologize for our chairperson. I am uh, I'm a researcher 
at uh, the Commission for Gender Equality. So we have not been aware, firstly, with that we have been we are supposed to be using uh, Zoom. I think that's um, a fault or a mistake from our part, but we tried uh, as quickly as possible to download the app because uh, we are our system doesn't actually allow us to download apps for ourselves, but we have to ask IT and the member uh, and the personnel from the department was busy as well, but uh, we tried to uh, contact him so that he could come and address uh, the, 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 um, the challenges we're facing at the time. Um, we are we are we apologize profusely for being late to the meeting, but we also did not get the link on time from our side. But uh, I think there was a communication problem between Mr. Matons and myself since yesterday because I sent an email. He said he didn't receive it, and then I did not receive his communication as well from my end. So that's it. So I apologize for that, uh, Chairperson. Well, with regards to um, us presenting today, uh, I do not know what you and the committee will decide, but we are okay as well with uh, this presentation being postponed so that we can also um, prepare well enough for ourselves to make a, a proper presentation before your committee. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Can I get the impression of members? Should we start with another? Yes. Oh no, you can, if you want to go down a list, it's, it's fine. It's no, proceed. Start, Honorable Lise. Yeah, I think um, my, my input on this would be uh, listening to the, to Ven Kosi just speaking now. Um, I think we should really decide or, or resolve to postpone this, this presentation, firstly, because um, it seems they are not uh, prepared to speak to the, or adequately prepared to speak to, to this important report. And one would have engaged, wanted to engage with the chairperson of the CGE on, on this report. So I think it would be unfair to put him under pressure, uh, you know, and engage on issues with him that he might not be adequately prepared on. So really, I would I would suggest that that we park it for another time and and do justice to to this important report and not haphazardly um, take on the issues at this at this time. That would be my submission. Thank you, Chairperson. Okay, thank you, Honorable Tito. Honorable Lukwasa. Thank you very much, Chair. I think you, on your welcoming remarks to the com to the commission, you touched on a, on very important issues. One, I think we should also try and strengthen the communication. I think the main point here it was a communication breakdown. As the committee, we were expecting the presentation. The presentation is not here. We can't honestly say we are forcing them to make a presentation. But going forward, I think if you have received the program of the committee, you were at least supposed to be making follow-ups on your side because you knew that at some point you were expected to come to the committee. I think it's a matter that we can just let it go for now. But honestly, it is very much problematic as it is going to change the program that we adopted and agreed upon as the committee. But for now, Chair, there's nothing much we can say 
because there's no presentation that is coming before us. Thank you very much. Okay, thank you, Honorable Khwase. Honorable Kanyele. Thank you, Chairperson. I think I have been covered by the my two colleagues that have spoken before me that we can postpone the, the meeting and hoping that um, what is happening here today, it's not going to happen again. Um, um, as Honorable Khwaz has already indicated together with yourself that um, we need to ensure that we strengthen communication and if an invitation is sent, maybe the office of the parliament or of the committee needs to make follow up and ensure that the other side they have received the invitation. We are hoping, Chairperson, that this is not going to happen again. And uh, I'd like to also suggest that we postpone um, this particular briefing. Then we will discuss it in the, um, in the programming meeting. Thank you very much. Thank you, Honorable Honorable uh, Uh, Honorable Pile has already made his point earlier on uh, that to stand off unless it changes views. No, no, Chairperson, I've not changed my views. <laughs> Thank you. Honorable Mudise. Thank you, Chair. I agree and support that we should postpone the question. Thank you very much. Honorable Rose. Uh, thank you, Chair. Uh, I do agree to the, to the postponement, but I think this also relates to what I've been saying for the last few meetings now. We, we're receiving reports the day before or two days before, um, and it seems like, again, in this case, there's been some last-minute communication, etc. Um, and, and, you know, the, this has been coming for a long time. We, we need a proper opportunity to interrogate reports. Um, I mean, there should have been com confirmation with the, the Commission at the beginning of the week. We should have um, or, or, you know, a week ago, we, we should have received this report a week ago so that we can properly consider these important matters, Chair. So I'd like to just re-emphasize that we, we really need to start getting these reports earlier and, uh, you know, not being in these situations where there's a last minute thing. And we have to skim read and, and, and read quickly through reports uh, that are very important, Chairperson. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, members, for guidance. Um, um, I will take responsibility with Mr. Matonzi and correct um, the administrative weaknesses on the issues that members are raising. Um, and Mr. Matonzi, we must up our administrative work, both on the reports that must reach members earlier for their interacting with that report before the portfolio committee. I think we must, we've been doing well, but we must need to improve where there are weaknesses um, and the communication. Um, and it reflects not well on both of us. But secondly is that uh, the, the gender commission, they've been sent a communique earlier on, as I've indicated, that we've just postponing uh, the uh, the item because of the electoral amendment deliberations, um, and we 
at that point, they could have sent that report to our attention. So on the side of the stakeholder, we may need to be also improve our, our communication, our work when the committee has sent a communique, which we have sent earlier on in the year. So that report could have been, at least if there were amendments to that report, but could have had a report by that time. So we're going to work along those, those lines. I also agree with the uh, Honorable Lizelle that at least you will need the chair of the commission to present that uh, report so that there's also accountability on some of the issues that this team that is led by this led here may not able to account to the committee on certain issues. I think that uh, is a view of the and the resolve of the committee on how we're going to move forward. You'll be communicated a date earlier on, early, uh, and I think we'll appreciate if the compliments of the uh, commission will be in the meeting. I think that uh, assists us to have a consensus on the approach we are going to take uh, moving forward. In the Menco, we'll also determine the date which we're going to uh, invite you. I think that will assist us, Mr. Matonzi, in this uh, summary. Uh, yes, Chairperson, it does assist us uh, uh, on, 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 the, on the way forward. Um, uh, but, you know, we, the, the, the challenge that we had with CGE is because I was communicating with the Chairperson, um, and then the link was sent to the Chairperson and the other commissioners. So they did not forward the information to... to to Mr. Zita there. So, yeah, but I take a uh, responsibility for that, Chairperson. Uh, 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 you no, no. can see also, I also send you an SMS which came from the Chairperson of the, of the Commission. And uh, you will recall on Saturday, I also spoke to you regarding the, the issue of the CGE, whether they are attending the meeting or not. Uh, but uh, it was confirmed yesterday. So, but I also take responsibility. Thanks, bye. No, it's fine. I think, uh, Mr. Zita, you must relate the committee message. Uh, Mr. Matonzi, uh, it will be important also the commissioner or the commissioners uh, or the chair uh, to work well to improve their administrative uh, relations with the, with the team so that we don't come to the meeting and say we've sent this one to the chair and this and that. I think uh, Mr. Zita, just improve the work with the chair in terms of how you, you relate administratively. Thank you very much, members. Thank you, IEC, and thank the, uh, the team uh, for attending this uh, meeting. Um, we'll then take forward on the issues we've uh, uh, recommended and able to interact in our next uh, session. Mr. Matonzi, if there's no announcement, um, is there any announcement? Yes, Chairperson. Uh, one was that uh, in the uh, old agenda, Chairperson, there was an issue of the minutes. Uh, you indicated uh, to me before we, the start of the meeting that uh, because of the sitting, we might have to postpone again. Then the, the announcement that I have is that uh, last week we did uh, announce that there was going to be an a joint oversight with the uh, portfolio committees on police and mineral and energy to to uh, certain provinces where there's uh, there's illegal mining 
And then um, we, we did meet uh, last week uh, with uh, the chairperson and our, our whip and other colleagues from the other committees. And then there was an agreement that uh, this coming weekend we're going to start with Lipompo on our oversight and then uh, proceed to Northwest Mpumalanga and other provinces uh, over the weekends. And then uh, at that time, the Committee on Minerals and Energy has already submitted an application for, for them to, to be approved for this coming weekend. And then we're going to submit ours again, and then police also. And then over the weekend, uh, I received an, a, a WhatsApp message that that uh, application by Mineral Resources Mineral and energy was not approved. And then uh, it means the oversight, which was going to be taking place this coming weekend, will move over to the weekend of the 10th and the 11th in, in Lipompo. But if there are any other changes, I'll let the, the members on the group know. So that's all, Chairperson. Okay. Thank you very much, uh, Mr. Matunsi, for that announcement. Um, and the meeting stand at Thank you, colleagues. Thank you, Chair. Thank you. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Thank you. Thank you. Jose? Yebo. How are you? I'm okay, man. <laughs>